virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. What's up, y'all? I am so excited for our conversation today. Um, I can't believe we are to episode 29 of the podcast. When I when I look back in January, I could have never imagined getting to this point. I hoped for it. I hoped for it, but to tell like to say that I am one away from 30, pretty big deal. And uh yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> But that is neither here nor there. For today, the discussion is about something entirely different than the amount of podcast episodes I have done. So last week, when I interviewed Mark Mabry, we talked about one aspect of being a guardian of freedom that really stuck out to me. And that's what I want to talk about today. We talked about being a guardian of, or one sense of freedom we talked about was being free from addiction, any kind of things that can grab your attention and make it harder for you to make the right choices. And that got me thinking a little bit about about that type of a virtue, being able to guard yourself and protect yourself for future choices. And so I wanted to talk about that today. I want to talk about what it means to be a guardian of your future self. I don't know if I am unusual this way. I feel like I am unusual in a lot of ways, <laughs> particularly uh, this way. Today, when, <laughs> a side note, today at, in primary, with a girl that was visiting, they had lived here, but they moved away and they came back for a visit. And I, once I saw her, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited you're here and we've missed you so much. And she's so shy that it was just, I just made her, like, I embarrassed, I embarrassed her a little bit. Like, she was, ha- like, she was smiling, but you, the attention was, like, because everyone looked straight at her. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm so sorry. I know that was a bit extra. <laughs> and, like, but I'm sure people, a lot of people think I'm extra. And I am. <laughs> but I'm not going to apologize here. So. One thing I think about a lot is what my life is going to look like 5, 10, 20 years, etc. That's something I think about often. It's something that I hope about. There's definitely a a life, the life that I want is is in these dreams. Like I think about that all the time. Like I want to be debt free. I want to own a house, you know, outright or different things like that. And so, and that's why a lot of my goals surround surround what I want for my future. So, uh, I'm going to tell you 
the part of my vision by jumping 50 years in the future to my 80s. And you guys are going to be like, what? She's thought about her 80s. Yes, I have. <laughs> because I have this image in my mind of like what I want to be like when I am an 80-year-old grandma. Okay, so this is what I want. And you guys are going to laugh, but it's going to be okay. One of the things I want to do is to drive a motorcycle like Hagrid from Harry Potter. You know what I'm talking about? Like the motorcycle with the motor cart on the side. And I'm going to drive it. My husband's going to ride in the motor cart. He hasn't really agreed to this part of the dream. But um, that's just going to be hardest. <laughs> that is like, I want to be a grandma on a motorcycle. I've also decided that it would be an okay option to do to get like the tricycles there that people drive to. Really, I'm scared of motorcycles, so um, I just think it would be really funny. And maybe by the time I'm 80, I will not care so much and I won't be afraid. So that's one of the things I want to do when I'm 80. This is another one. <laughs> you guys, I am bearing my heart to you today. So. There's going to be some revelations to you, I guess. You're just not going to know what to do with me after this episode. But, <laughs> so there's a show that Chris Hemsworth did um, with like National Geographic or Discovery or something where it was like a shark show. He would like, it was all about sharks. And there was this one scene with this lady um, who was like in her 80s and she's, been like fought for sharks for years and swam with sharks and all the things and so she took him out on a boat and they went in the water and swam with sharks anyways <laughs> so so uh my favorite part is when um <laughs> sorry my favorite part is when they're sitting in the boat and he's interviewing her and she like goes to goes to answer him <laughs> and she goes and like reaches for his like biceps, like just like touch his arm, you know, just as she's talking, which is a gesture people do, right? But she goes to like squeeze him a little bit because Chris Hensworth is like a muscular guy, right? So anyways, and like he did it and she said something. I don't remember what she said, but it was just hilarious. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> not that I'm saying I want to flirt with young men, but um, I want to be, I look forward to the freedom that being old gives you like people will just look at you and be like oh my goodness I can't believe grandma does that or I can't believe you know uh, then you know that's just that's just grandma she's a little crazy <laughs> so anyways now you know my deepest and innermost desire is <laughs> oh dear okay another thing I want in my 80s is to still be able to garden and play the piano and like embroider I want to be active and doing the things. When I visited my grandma last year by myself, we were talking and she still exercises. She's 93 now. She exercises every day. Now her exercising might not look like what a 30 year old does, but she still does something. And so when I'm 80, 90, I still want to be exercising and physically active so that I can, yeah, I want to be able to still live and not like lay around in bed. So um, I want to travel somewhere fun once a year 
like somewhere I've never been before. That's something that we haven't really been able to do, but someday I want to be able to do that. I want to be healthy. I don't want my health to be a reflection of something that I did, meaning like I don't want to have bad health because of something that I could have done better. Like I want to prevent any health issues that I can prevent, right? Like, I don't know. There's a bunch that, that, that you can prevent or at least not help come. So I want to be able to do that. I know I, I deal with health problems as we all do that just come because we live in mortality, but I don't want it to be because of something that I could have done differently. I still want to do the following Jesus thing. I want my spirituality to be the best it's ever been. Um, and I also want to work at the temple. I want to, this is also some, some of these are kind of rando, but you know, we're going to deal with it. One of the ones I want to do is I want to have a really cool walking cane that I can lov lovingly like smack my grandchildren with when I say hi or when they're misbehaving or something. I haven't really figured out what I want that walking cane to look like, but it's going to be epic. And I want to still or hold hands with my husband everywhere we go. So that's my what my dream is for when I'm 80. So if that's the life I want, then logically it makes sense for me to plan for it, right? So when we talked about freedom together, Mark and I, uh, sometimes we make choices that can inhib inhibit our freedom immensely, especially when there are certain choices that have such addictive consequences like viewing porn or doing drugs or something like that, which is something Mark mentioned. We automatically come to this conclusion, right? That, or when we talk about addiction, it's these major addictions. But I think it's safe to say we all are a little addicted to something. I'll name a few addictions that might be considered small, but that have a lasting influence over our freedom to choose. We disguise them as guilty pleasures a lot of the time or distractions, but I think we may, or we say that to make, but I think we say that to make us feel better about it. This lineup is probably more telling of me than anything you may struggle with, but here we go. TV. We could probably all say this is one in our lineup, and if it's not, I am impressed by you. Social media. This is a big one. I find myself being pulled in sometimes to the point where I'm surprised I'm doing it. Satan likes to use this technique on me, especially on days when I'm trying to work on the podcast or anything God really wants me to do. I'm aware that it happens and awareness is the first step. And now that I know I'm able to pull myself out of it easier and get back to work, take that Satan. Approval of others or comparing ourselves to others. Do you struggle with this one? I know it may seem strange to mention it as an addiction, but given that social media is the beast that it is, we have to be careful of this. Soda. Luckily, I've, wand I've wandered in the I like it, but I can say no to it category here. So it's easy for me to stop when I've noticed I've had it too much lately. But I know in the Latter-day Saint community, it's our substitute for coffee. The rule that helps me stay free from this addiction is only when I to drink it only when I eat out, which happens like, I don't know, three times a month or something. Sugar. Oh, sugar. I love sugar. Do you? Actually, um, I've met like five people who don't like sugar and I don't really understand you, but I love you still. <laughs> 
I love to bake, so this is a challenge for me. But sugar makes me feel yucky, so I try to follow one of Michael Pollan's food rules here, only on days that start with S, and it has to be homemade. The homemade part isn't difficult since I can't eat many store-bought things anyways. Sometimes I'm good with that rule, other times I'm not. It's a work in progress. Ideas or concepts. Sometimes I feel like the dad on a night at the museum. I'm not an inventor or anything, but ideas always go through my head. I like change. I like learning new skills. So I've had to learn how to rein myself in when needed. Luckily, I have Heavenly Father as a really good filter. He helps me figure out what should be my focus and what I need to set aside for another day or what I need to leave behind entirely. Although sometimes with the last one, I go kicking and screaming, but I do go eventually. <laughs> When we take a personal inventory about what our addiction is, we can then involve the most important people in helping us gain our freedom back. M. Russell Ballard said, if you are involved in it, if you are entrapped in its practice, get spiritual help now. You can overcome pornography with the Savior's assistance. Do not wait. End quote. It is through the Savior that lasting change can be made. Russell M. Nelson said, I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day, even against the gripping plague of pornography and other mind-numbing addictions, end quote. A prophet of God testifies that this is true. Believe him. Include the Savior in every change you want to make, and you will be successful. Read the Book of Mormon to see countless examples of guardians of action who change because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Start doing the things you know will get you to where you want to go. One of the best ways I actually see change happen in my life is when I focus on what I can change instead of hyperfixating on what can't be changed. Okay, this next part is really hard for me to talk about, uh, but I'm going to talk about it because I feel like it's something that I need to talk about. So and I've tried to leave this out of my social media posts or the podcast because I know I'm so much more than my weight. Than my weight. And I didn't want to focus on that, but I feel like I need to share the struggle of mine and show you how the Lord has helped me in the many ways of praying and asking for guidance. The number one answer has always been that I can change with the help of Jesus Christ through his atonement, which goes in tandem with the prayer I've prayed almost every day for the last six years, which is, please let this be the last time. Help me learn what I need to learn to make this the last time I struggle with this. Help this weak thing in me become a strength for the rest of my life. At this, the time I first prayed for this, I didn't think that it would take six plus years. I do realize that changing a lifetime of habits and belief systems I've created surrounding my weight, starting with my first memory when I was in kindergarten and one of the boys in my class called me fat, takes time. This kind of lasting change takes time to do. But when I get there and look back, I'll be happy that I didn't that I did it the way that brought about lasting change and that this weakness is in me has finally become a strength. Let me share some other answers I've received in regards to putting my health on the right path so I can still garden when I'm 80. I've always been a runner. I guess I use that term loosely. I always jogged, probably more than ran. I've run four marathons. It was a thing for all of my 20s and early 30s. That was the goal of mine to run a marathon. or run half marathons. It was a goal of mine after each of my children to run a half marathon. Running isn't in the cards for me now. Thank you, those bad ankles. 
And I was lamenting that because I was the strongest, healthiest, and strongest and healthiest, including the healthiest weight when I was a runner. I haven't really run for six years, minus a six-month stint to train for a half marathon when I was 34, which ironically are the years I've been struggling with weight the most in my adult life. Don't say, Elisa, you look fine. I don't like hearing that. I know I can be healthier in that way, and I want to still be able to move around when I'm 80, so I need to make sure I'm fit enough, which includes making sure I'm a healthy weight. So I am lament. I was lamenting with the Lord on this the other day. I said, well, if I can't run, is there any other activity that I can do that gives me the same kind of exercise? Almost immediately, the answer came, spinning and running. So those are two that I need to start pursuing. When I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia three years ago, I was worried I would never have the energy I wanted to again. I prayerfully sought ways to change to give me my energy back. For a year and a half now, I've prayerfully discovered foods that I could eliminate to help with that. And you guys, it's totally worth it. I hardly ever feel like I'm walking through mud all day anymore, unless there's like a big storm coming or something. I don't experience as much physical pain as much as I did, all because I adjust my diet. That is, or I also learned that it's okay to sit and rest. I have a hard time resting. I like to do things, but rest is an important part of life. So important that God took a whole day to rest after he created the earth. I'm working on sleep too. I think that'll help. My guilty pleasure is the quiet moments of nighttime. When the rest of my house is asleep and I can read in utter silence and the quiet hours of the morning before the world wakes up so I can journal in silence too. It's a problem that I'm working on. All right, enough about me. So what does your future look like? What do you want it to look like? Write it down, sit and close your eyes and imagine it. Imagine all the decades. What do you want to do or what do you want your 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. to look like? Do you look happy? Do you look healthy? I ask that because I know we all want that. If not, what can you do right now to change what you see? Or you have the power to make sure that once you reach your 80s, you look back on a life well lived, a life that was rich because you decided to be a guardian of your future self by taking your life by the reins and becoming a guardian of action. Your future self will thank you for guarding your future life. Please take time to write down the impressions I know you've received as you've listened today. Write down what you want your future to look like. Then pray to ask God if it looks right and if it looks the way he would have it for you. Write down what you need to do to get there. Then pray to ask God to guide you down the path that will help you find the correct methods and ways to make the changes needed. Then take your power back from Satan and be a guardian of action and do the things that are needed. Change isn't fun. Sometimes it hurts, but it's necessary to be a true guardian of your future self. And someday you will look back and be so grateful for what your past self did because you'll realize that you're walking in the dream you've always imagined for yourself, all because your past self guarded the future you along the way. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say, virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. 
please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye.